0: Job, and uh, you know, always uh, interesting studying the narrative section of the Bible, and this is in that continuous history that we've got. Basically, Genesis to 2 Kings, with the exception of Ruth, is basically one narrative. I mean, it just kind of picks up where the last book left off and so forth. Certainly true here, though you had the last four chapters of 2 Samuel as sort of an appendix section. but But if you go from chapter 20, You know, this is like, you know, a few years later, now David being old and it just continues with the story of David. And um, we often study Kings and Chronicles (coughs) together. I've often taught them together, but I really do think there's a lot of value in looking at each book on its own. You see the perspective of the writer of Kings and the perspective God wants to get out of that. Then if you're studying Chronicles, try to look at it from that perspective. It's not wrong, certainly, to compare, but I think there's a lot we'll get out of just looking at Kings for itself. <laughs> so I'm excited about being able to do that, and uh, I am working on this for uh, for Porto Alegre in uh, starting three weeks from tomorrow, and I'm almost through First Kings, and I've got to get through Second Kings. So uh, wish me uh, <laughs> luck in that, uh, but at least I do have plenty of notes on First Kings to last us for a while. So would somebody read Chapter One, verses one to four?
1: Now King David was old, advanced in age, and they covered him with clothes, but he could not keep warm. So his servants said to him, Let them seek a young virgin for my lord the king, and let her attend the king and become his nurse, and let her lie in your bosom, that my lord the king may keep warm. So they searched for a beautiful girl throughout all the territory of Israel, and found Abishag, the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful, and she became the king's nurse and served him, but the king did not cohabit with her.
0: Alright, um may strike you as kind of an odd way to begin this book and uh, make you wonder a little bit, why do we know this? Um, And when you think that, then look a little deeper and see if you can figure out why are we told this. Um, This incident, obviously, David's old and can't keep warm and so they find this young girl and she keeps him warm. That's the, the idea of that. Why are we told this? Let us know he's about to die. All right, he's about to die. You can go a step beyond that. Is Abishag that person? Yes. Important? She sort of is, but that's probably not the most important reason we're told that. That would be a collateral reason, and we'll talk in a minute why she's important. What is this really showing us that's important to see as the story goes on in Chapter 1?
1: That David isn't acting like a king as much?
0: Yes. In what sense is he not like acting like a king?
1: Because he's like going to die soon and old and so he can't like judge exactly.
0: Yes. David's very
1: incapacitated. Incapacitated,
0: <laughs> debilitated, weakened. You know, he doesn't seem like his strong usual self. And you can tell that because
1: He's staying in bed.
0: cold. He's staying in bed. He can't get warm. And because... He's very old. And, and because...
1: this woman and he doesn't do anything
0: with it. That's not normal for David. <laughs> you know? So that also shows his feebleness. He's had this thing for beautiful women. I mean, even going back to uh, Abigail. You know? And uh, he's had various others that he liked. Michael and, <laughs> and uh, different ones. And, and then... The whole incident with Bathsheba, you know, not appropriate, but certainly shows that he, you know, was interested in beautiful women. Now he's got, you know, I guess what would essentially be a concubine in Abishag, and and he doesn't, uh, he's not with her. And so I think the idea is David's just not vigorous and strong and healthy and very capable like he was. It's kind of startling to see a man like David like this, because you think about it, I mean, David was running from Saul and Absalom, and then he fought a lot of wars and, and did this all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, I mean, we think of David as being a, a strong, healthy guy, but, you know, time changes all of that. Why do we need to know in this story that David's in a weakened condition? What's coming up that this will be the background for?
2: Who's going to be the next
0: king? Yeah, you know, when when the king starts getting old and feeble, then he's probably not doing much to run the country. He's probably not going to do much if somebody else tries to run the country. And it kind of leaves a power vacuum that uh, he's got a son who's going to try to step into. That's what we're going to end up seeing. So this, you know, flows right into Adonijah's attempt to sort of, you know, overthrow the government and take over as king. You know, he doesn't think David's man enough or king enough to do anything about it. By the way, for whatever it's worth, there's a ton of emphasis on the word king in this chapter. It's used 70 times in this chapter. It's all about, you know, being king and who wants to be king. The, the other thing that we do, as Cameron mentioned, this gives us the background for Abishag. Has anybody read ahead? Why is it important for us to know that Abishag was David's sort of concubine, but they never really had relations? What's her role a little later on?
1: So one of the sons
0: asked for her? Yes, which son? Do you remember? Adonijah. Adonijah asks for her. And, you know, asking for uh, the wives of the former king, I mean, having the wives of the former king is like, that's sort of the claim that you are the king. The, the harem becomes the property of the successor. And so if you try to take, you know, the queen or one of the harem. It's like you're sort of putting yourself up as being king, but Adonijah sort of has an excuse since she wasn't totally a concubine. So I think that kind of leads to some of that uh, story. We'll see that in chapter 2, and we'll talk about that some more. All right, so that's the situation of David here. Comments and questions? It's
3: just comical that... He's cold, so they have to go out and find another girl instead of one of the many that he already has. <laughs> That's
0: an idea. Go
3: find a new one. They got one for every
0: occasion. A, a young girl would be warmer? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a good point.
3: You know, there would have maybe some other uh, characteristics that might have fit the, the job description better. You know, she was very large.
0: Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah beautiful maybe maybe there's something to that i don't know right maybe maybe they think she'll perk him up a little bit i don't know but yeah that's a good point i haven't really thought about that other thoughts all right five to ten
4: now adonijah the son of haggath exalted himself saying i will be king so he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen with fifty to men to run before him. His father had never crossed him at any time by asking, Why have you done so? And he was also a very handsome man, and he was born after Absalom. He had conferred with Joab the son of Zariah, and with Abiathar the priest, and following Adonijah they helped him. But Zadok the priest, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei, Rei and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adonijah. Adonijah sacrificed sheep and oxen and fatlings by the stone of Zeholoth, which is beside Enrogel. And he invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah, the king's servants. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, Benaiah, the mighty men, and Solomon his brother.
0: All right, very interesting development here. Adonijah has decided he's going to become king and he takes steps to uh, coronate himself now adonijah was who david's
1: son
0: david's son which one in order
3: was he the second
1: nope
0: four four very good who are one two and three Absalom. absalom was three I didn't like ab slash Daniel was two. Who was number one? The, the one that
3: died. Yeah, the baby. No, 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 yeah. not the
0: baby, but the one that died. Yes. Who killed him? Remember how he died? Wasn't it Absalom that killed him? <laughs> yes, Absalom killed who?
2: Amnon. Yes. Yeah. Because it
0: came Yes. Yeah. Amnon was the oldest, but Absalom was done him in. Daniel or Chiliab, depends on your uh, where it is, and, and so we assume he had both names. We have no idea what happened to him, but he never comes into in the narrative. I'm assuming he died young. Who knows? What was his name? Daniel or Chiliab, probably. C-H-I-L-E-A-B. Um... Depends on which account you're reading. A lot of times you have, dip, you know, two names for a person. So that's what we're assuming that is. I believe he was the son of Ahinoam, but don't quote me on that one. And then Absalom, where's Absalom? Hanging on
3: a tree.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah if he's still, uh, well, I think uh, Joab probably put it an end to that. But yeah. but yeah, so he's he's dead. So Adonijah, he may be number four, but he's the mm-hmm. oldest one left. So he's kind of the uh, crown prince from you know the normal you know passes to the oldest son kind of a concept that we're going to learn later on that probably wasn't the plan David had you know David apparently has made an agreement that Solomon (gasps) would become king so is Solomon like the fifth? Solomon's the favorite wife yes who's the favorite wife? Bathsheba So that's David's plan. It's going to be Solomon and not Adonijah. Now, the text never said Adonijah knew that, but I figure he knew that. He doesn't invite Solomon to this, uh, (laughs) you know, impromptu coronation here. And uh, so, yeah, I think he probably did, and he just kind of sees this as his opportunity. And um, so what all does he do in, in these steps he's taking to present himself as king. Got
1: chariots and
3: horses?
0: Yeah, what's the deal with that?
3: Nice
0: parade. What's he trying to do? You
3: look
0: kingly. Exactly! Look presidential. <laughs> you know, and, and, because we're just impressed with, if you've got an entourage of limousines and, and personnel that are important, that are with you, and all of that, you know, it makes you look like you're powerful. You know, it gives you kind of that aura of being a really important person. He loves that uh, appearance. So that's one thing he's doing. What else does he do? Talk
1: with
0: Joab and Abiathar and some of those people. Yeah, he's got some really important uh, people supporting him. Uh, Joab and Abiathar are nothing to sneeze at. Joab would basically be in what role? <coughs>
1: Commander.
0: Yeah, he's he's in charge of the army. So that's kind of important. And what about Abiathar? He's one of the two main priests. So he's got both the military support, he's got the religious support. That pretty much seems to me like it's going to guarantee him success. You know, when he's got the army and the priesthood behind him, And when he's become this kind of celebrity and he's the older surviving son and he's determined, he's got the ambition, he he is going to be king. And, uh, you know, he's kind of everything David isn't. You know, he's strong and vigorous. And, oh, there's one other thing that he's got going for him in verse 6. What's that? He's handsome. I mean, everybody knows there's nothing more important than that in being a king, right? You know, look good. So, I mean... This pretty well <laughs> seals the deal, and he's going to be the next king, right? Um, does he remind you of anybody?
1: Yes. Yes. Who? Absalom.
0: He does. What? How? In what ways is he like Absalom? Handsome. <laughs> he's handsome. So was Absalom, and he invites
2: all of his brothers to a party.
0: Yeah, he invites people to a. Uh, you know, enthronement party. In Absalom's case, they didn't even know what they were coming to. I think they do here in Adonijah's case. But yeah, he tries to get in power the same way. Very good. What else? He
1: has uh, chariots. And yeah,
0: he has this impressive escort. That's that's part of Absalom's technique. Taking a lot off of a page out of his book. What else?
2: His father's not really crossing him.
0: Yes, very good. You know, David never really crosses him, never really deals with him. Yeah, what else? What about his attitude?
2: Exalted himself?
0: Yeah. Self-exalting, selfish, willful. I mean, he really reminds me of Absalom. He was born right after Absalom. He's the next one in line. So I think he's kind of Absalom too here in a lot of ways to me. So what do you think about him doing this?
2: How be structured and smart and organized?
0: Yeah. You approve?
3: Was it okay what he Could, did in verse nine, considering the outcome? Sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of showed his true colors, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. What, what, do you, what do you mean what he did in verse 9? that he sacrificed to
2: sacrifice that stuff?
0: Well, yet? I'm assuming it's Abiathar that's doing it. Okay. I mean, when you when when the text will say sometimes somebody sacrificed something, they don't necessarily mean they did it with their own hands. You know, you used a priest to do it, so. It's
2: kind of like saying, you know, a king conquered such and such. Well, the <laughs> army is the one that overcame <laughs> yeah, the. Yeah, so yeah,
0: right. yeah, the king didn't actually fire a shot, yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't know, does it, does it? Does some things about Anonijah kind of bother you in what he's doing here?
3: Well, thats it's not the way the king had been chosen before. I don't know if he knew his history, but, you know, God had the prophet anoint them, and so he knew in advance, or knew how they became king anyway. So he should have, if he wanted to be king, he should have been asking the Lord, I guess, am I supposed to be the king?
0: You know, that's a very good point. I mean, did Saul or David become king because they decided they will be king? I don't think either one of them had any inkling of becoming king. Whereas with Adonijah, he wants to be king. He wants the power. He wants the prestige. Are those good leadership qualities among God's people? No. You know, I mean, people do that. You know, you'll see people in the church every once in a while somebody decides, I will be an elder. You know, and you will submit to me. (laughs) Uh, You don't want those guys as elders. (laughs) You know, or sometimes, you know, in other kinds of areas, people want to be the big shot and they'll do what it takes. That's a bad attitude.
4: Well, he didn't invite, he didn't confer with Bathsheba. He did, or you know, some of David's favorite People here, David, Solomon, and then pr- the prophet. So it seems to me he had a pretty good idea. This wasn't according <laughs> to God.
0: Absolutely. W- why did some people get l- left off the uh, list of uh, you know invited guests? I mean that tells you something right there. He's sort of trying to do something underhanded. I think he's really wanting to sort of present himself as king accomplished and you know when it's a done deal maybe David won't do anything about it because after all David's pretty weak and old anyway so and I mean go back to verse 6 has David set this up in some ways (laughs) yeah I mean man doesn't he strike you as a spoiled brat
3: yes (laughs) (laughs) He's had everything he wanted up to this point, so why not this?
0: I'll tell you, I mean, it's a horrible thing when a kid grows up with parents who won't discipline, who will give him anything he wants, who will let him have his own way. You know, and they're like, oh, we want to make little Johnny happy. Well, there's a things a lot more important than little Johnny's happiness. You know, his character's a lot more th- important than his happiness. And you know what? Do you really, are you really happy in the long term if you always get your way? I don't think that works very well. You know, I mean, we need some discipline. We know we need discipline. We need some disappointments. If you always had everything you wanted, you'd never appreciate anything you had. So I really think David, has, his indulgence here, Has uh, has created this a little bit I, I read a quote, I thought this was good if the father does not trouble the son the son will trouble the father <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean wow, you are going to create a monster and and you know I, I might just suggest I realize not many of you may be in this position but, but if other people hear this or just to think about it, to share with others you know, what kind of situations do parents do the worst in what, what kind of Context Would they never cross their child? Can you think of some scenarios where this kid probably wouldn't be crossed by his parents, wouldn't be disciplined or reprimanded? If they're guilty, if they've done what? That's one thing. Yeah, absolutely. If the parents feel like, well, I have no right to talk. Well, you know, isn't that kind of dumb? You know, what, like, They've had all these ads years ago on, on the radio, maybe they still do somewhere, I don't know, for like, you know, keeping your kids out of drugs even if you've done drugs. Well, I mean, who would know better that you shouldn't do drugs than someone who's done it and hurt themselves? You can't just say, well, I messed up, so you mess up. I mean, that's, that's, that's so that the guilt factor on the parents. What other scenarios are common for parents not to cross their children? Like in
1: public?
0: Maybe in public, I'm thinking about more broad situations. They would never cost their children. they never reprimand or discipline them. What about if the child is... Successful. Or maybe if the child's successful, or if the child is... What if the child is sick a lot, has a handicap, has been mistreated or hurt in some way, that there's some reason to feel sorry for the child because of something the child has gone through or something the child is or whatever, then what do parents tend to do? Well, you try to just make it okay by indulging your child. That is not wise. I've seen that happen before. Where I think the parents would actually probably have been decent parents, but they felt so bad for little Johnny because little Johnny has, you know, fill in the blank, and so we, we can't disappoint him. We can't make him unhappy because poor little Johnny. Well, you're not, you know, we've got to understand that being a parent and, and disciplining is for his best. That's for his good. Hebrews 12, you know, the father disciplines the ones he loves. That's uh, true even of our Heavenly Father. Or sometimes if little Johnny's the last one, and especially if he's the last one by a long way, you know, there's sometimes a tendency, well, we don't want little Johnny to be unhappy. Maybe we're kind of tired of raising kids. Or we kind of want to treat him, you know, want to be nicer to him or whatever. Sometimes that's a problem. So I think David created this to a great extent. Comments and thoughts on all that?
3: There's not even much history with Israel and king succession at this point, so course
0: he may have gotten his ideas from other nations
3: Absalom <laughs> or, or just being spoiled and that's what he wants and that's what he's going
0: to try to get so. yeah it, it may be as much that as anything and he thinks he's got his chance and <coughs> David is kind of incapacitated yeah. you might look at the people who were and weren't invited and think about that a little bit uh, in aid he does not you know invite Zadok the priest Benaiah who was kind of the had the bodyguards for David. Nathan the prophet. Shimei, but I don't think necessarily of the Shimei that like threw stones and dust on David. I believe I'm right that there's 19 different Shimei's in the Old Testament, so I doubt that that was the same guy. <laughs> um, <coughs> and, um, you know, I would suggest that Adonijah and Joab represent more the people who had been with David since the days even of Saul. And maybe some of the ones that are with David still are some of the ones that, that weren't with him back then. You kind of got the old guard versus some of these who have been a little bit more recent in David's history. That's what it looks to me like. And I think that's everything I'm wanting to say about this. So what co- questions and comments do you have through verse 10? Wasn't uh,
4: Abiathar? From the old days as well, though, wasn't
0: he? And he's with, with uh, David. You no, know, Abiathar is with uh, Adonijah.
4: Right, but wasn't he with David when he was running from?
0: Saul? That's what I'm saying. The ones—maybe uh, I said it wrong. The ones who are with Adonijah are the ones who had been with David
2: for the longest. Oh, okay. I, yes. that was the other word.
0: I may have said that the opposite. But what I mean is, the ones with Adonijah are the ones that. Go way back with David. The ones who are with David are the ones that don't go back quite so far. Yeah. So they're ready for a new king. I don't know what it was, and and we don't have a lot of data to go on. But but I, I think that is an interesting observation. Was so. it
1: Abiathar the one who all the priests died except? For yes. Where okay.
0: well, his father, right? Am he, I right?
1: His father died, but then all of them died, too. Like he, he was the one. Who
0: he was died. the. You're right. He was the one. He was the his one who fled. His father with
1: David. gave him yeah. a sort of. Um, what's
0: his name? Goliath. Yes. And yeah. Okay. A, a, a Himalayk, right? Um, yeah,
1: maybe. yeah, I think so. Okay. And Abiathar was. Right. The, that yeah, guy that's who right. I yeah. okay, remember Abiathar, but you can't remember the name Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you remember the important <laughs> ones. I was kidding
0: you. a little bit. All right. Other questions or comments?
1: But Zadok is the good priest, right? He, er, he ends up being the good
0: yes, priest. Yes, yes. I mean, Uh, I'm not sure exactly why, but we ended up with two priests, (laughs) Abiathar and Zadok, and we're going to see in the next chapter uh, Abiathar's, this is the end of the line for his lineage as priest, and that actually fulfills what was said to Eli about his family. That was the last of the Eli priests, and with Zadok, I can't remember it switches from Eliezer to Ithamar or from Ithamar to Eliezer. I don't remember which is which. Is but it switches no, among which son Aaron. of Aaron okay. the high priesthood is going These through. are high priests? Yes.
1: They're both high, yes. they're both high priests. Yes.
0: Oh. Yeah, I think so.
1: Is this the Abiathar that was Eli's son? No.
0: No, that's... No, uh, no, he didn't have a son there. Yeah,
1: right. He didn't <laughs> have a son in Abiathar. Hopped yeah, in No, he yeah, had others. Didn't Ichabod was a like grandchild or something. I, yeah. I don't know who you're thinking of. <laughs> no, I don't think you Do
0: know his name. I, I mean, he was the one that fled to David when Saul exterminated the priests of Nob.
1: Yeah, he's in the lineage of Eli because that's supposed to be the curse, like right. that all of them would
0: die. Right.
4: Would the double high priest thing be because when? Saul David was fleeing from Saul Saul would have set up a new high priest
0: no I don't think so I don't know know how to account for it (laughs) so other thoughts
4: was um, 2 Samuel 7 the prophecy about one coming from David before this was that ever specifically applied to Solomon
0: I mean, no, I would say not. Okay. Not that I know of. I mean, I think, I, I don't know how widely it's even understood that Solomon would be the next king. I don't think, I don't recall anything in the text where Solomon is identified uh, that way until now. But
1: so these people, even the ones like Joab and
0: Abiathar, they should have known. I would think so that really seems like betrayal, like, that they're following. Well, look at Joab. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's That's true. What else is new? <laughs> I mean, Joab is weird. Joab is loyal to what he thinks are David's best interests, modified highly by what he thinks are his own best interests. Yeah.
2: Wow. So
0: Joab has his own way of being loyal to David. And that includes supporting some people David doesn't support. Right. So I think he would have worked this out to where supporting David's son to be the next king and letting him take over would be the right thing.
1: And we don't know much about Abiathar's character, or do we? No, I
0: don't that? really. Okay. Yeah, I don't really. But he got on the wrong side of this one. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. How about, let's do 11 to, let's do 11 to 21.
2: Then Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king, and David our lord does not know it? So now come, please let me give you counsel, and save your life, and the life of your son Solomon. Go at once to the king, and say to him, Have you not, O my lord, the king, sworn to your maidservant, saying, Surely Solomon your son shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then has Adonijah become king?' Behold, while you are sitting there speaking with the king, I will come in after you and confirm your words. So Bathsheba went into the king into the bedroom. Uh, into the bedroom, period. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now the king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite was ministering to the king. Then Bathsheba bowed and prostrated herself before the king. And the king said, What do you wish? she said to him my lord you swore to your maidservant by the lord your god saying surely your son solomon shall be king after me and he shall sit on my throne now behold adonijah is king and now my lord the king you do not know it he has sacrificed oxen and fatlings and sheep in abundance and has invited all the sons of the king and Abiathar the priest and joab the commander of the army but he has not invited solomon your servant as for you now my lord the king the eyes of all Israel are on you to tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise it will come about, as soon as my lord the king sleeps with his fathers, uh, that I and my son Solomon will be considered offenders.
0: Okay, so who uh, springs into action here? Nathan. Nathan, remember Nathan, right? We remember Nathan most from...
3: The name. You are. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we do remember that, don't we? So... Nathan doesn't just passively wait for God to do something, nor should he. I think he's doing the right thing here. A good leader can do a lot of things that are helpful, and God does not intend for us just to wait for him to float all our daily bread down on a cloud or anything else. He wants us to act, and so Nathan does. Who does he go to? Bathsheba. And what does he tell her?
1: like they're trying to talk a parent into something how do they work out this plan like you go say this and then i'll come too <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah it does does it yep yeah uh so it's like you need to go talk to david and then i'll come behind you and talk to him too uh and and we'll see a little more in that What's his argument to Bathsheba for why it's so important for her to do this?
1: They're going to die.
0: Is that true? Nope. Yeah. (laughs) Why?
2: You don't want any competition for the throne.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's several things. But think about (laughs) this weird deal where you leave certain people off the guest list. I mean, clearly. Uh, Solomon is not welcome, Bathsheba is not welcome, uh, they're seen as the enemy, and what does a usurper do who never anybody's crossed him with his political enemies as soon as he gets the power to? You know, he eliminates them. So I think this is, this is very logical and, and almost undoubtedly is what would have happened. By the way, isn't it intriguing how Bathsheba suddenly pops into this story? Because that just further accentuates the contrast in David with Abishag and Bathsheba. So I think that uh, makes you think about that again. Um, so, you know, David is, is there shivering and vegetating and Bathsheba comes in and says, Look, you know. Pardon <laughs> me. Do I? said, <laughs> yeah, pardon right. Uh, you know, <laughs> she's like, didn't you tell me that Solomon would be king? And now, you know Adonijah's king, and you don't even know it. A lot of things Dave doesn't seem to know at the moment. You know, he's kind of he's kind of out of it. And and look, do you know what
1: sounds like grandpa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, old age kind of uh, leads to, you know, just I mean, you kind of are out of it. Um, and so he, I mean, she's really concerned, and she says, you know, and he's not invited Solomon. Uh, hint hint, that, that might tell you something so she says everybody's looking at you to see who's going to be the next king and you know if you don't do something about this me and Solomon are toast as soon as you're gone so that's what she tells David and I think she's trying to really you know, rouse David's anger, I mean the fact that, you know, Adonijah just do this without David's involvement, permission, or even awareness I mean Who does he think he is anyway? David is still the king, right? And shouldn't he at least be informed? So, uh, she's really trying to uh, get him riled up. I mean, he needs something to rile him up. He's not been very active for a while. Comments and thoughts? Well, Nathan says, I'll come behind you and reinforce. Let's see that. 22 to 31.
3: And behold, while she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet came in, and they told the king, saying, Here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came before the king, he prostrated himself before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord the king, have you said, Adonijah shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne? For he has gone down today, and has sacrificed oxen, and fatlings, and sheep in abundance, and has <coughs> invited all the king's sons and the commanders of the army, and Abiathar the priests, and behold, they are eating and drinking before him, and say, and they say, Long live king Adonijah. But me, even me, your servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and your servant Solomon, he is not invited. Has this thing been done by my lord the king, and you have not shown to your servants who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Then king David answered and said, Call Bathsheba to me. And she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king vowed and said, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from all distress, surely as I have vowed to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, saying, Your son Solomon shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place, I will indeed do so this day. And Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground and prostrated herself before the king and said, May the Lord, King David, live forever.
0: Okay. Bathsheba's still talking to David when Nathan comes in. And Nathan takes a little different approach. What does Nathan basically say? And did you give the order? Why didn't you tell me? (laughs) You know, why am I in the dark about this? You told Adonijah he was going to be king for him to do all this and, and you haven't told me. So Bathsheba talks from the standpoint that David didn't give permission to Adonijah. Nathan comes in and says, did you give permission to him? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, so they kind of got both sides covered, you know, whether he did or whether he didn't. Um, I mean, you know, if he didn't, then what in the world is Adonijah doing? I mean, I think he's trying to rile David up. I assume Nathan thinks he didn't, but he he says, "So, so did you do this and you didn't tell me to make David, you know, react in a certain way. Uh, David is, uh, or Nathan here, <coughs> reminds me. I think in his approach, a lot of what Jesus said in uh, Matthew chapter ten, sixteen, when he's talking to the twelve, and he says, "Behold, I send you out as a sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves." I think he's being very wise about how he does this. You know, I think he is definitely trying to figure out a way of getting David stirred up, and yet he's doing it for the for the Lord and. And, uh, you know, has no uh, malice in that. So I think he's doing well with that. And, and what's the effect on David? What does David do? Bring
1: her back
0: in. Bring Bathsheba back in. And what does he say?
1: <coughs> Solomon will be king today.
0: I'm going to make Solomon king. That's the way it is. And, you know, and, and he, we'll see in a moment he'll, he'll get uh, Zadok and Nathan and different ones together and they'll come up with a plan. And uh, this is, is this interesting? What do what you see in David right here?
2: He's acting instantly.
0: He's acting! Yeah. He hasn't been doing that much. I mean, isn't this interesting? Adonijah had gambled on David being so weak he wouldn't be able to do anything and wouldn't even pay attention. But David's not acting the way Adonijah thought he would. Suddenly he's got a little energy. You know, he's got some backbone all of a sudden. it's a little riled up and says, we're going to do something about this right here and now. Kind of a little bit of the old fire. I realize he's not the one out there, but in his attitude and spirit and what he's orchestrating with people, You know, I mean, he's kind of been stirred up to a little more life. Why? He
1: wants Solomon
0: to be king. He is concerned about the fate of the kingdom. He wants the kingdom to do well and succeed. He's made an oath that it will be Solomon. Who would want Ananias to be king? I don't know about Solomon in every respect, but boy, that would have been disaster. Everybody can see that. You know, what if you were in David's position? What if you were pretty weak and pretty debilitated and, you know, kind of on some of your last legs? What would be the thing that would be most likely to get you stirred up, to get you to have a little energy and force about you? You know, your investment portfolio? Is that what would get you all stirred up? You know, uh, I, I read this somewhere. I'm just going to have to read this, because this is, this is interesting. Uh, the fate of the kingdom stirred David to life. What stirs us to life, catches our zeal. Our por- portfolio? The auto shop that still hasn't correctly repaired the ailing vehicle? Our inability to find just the right drapes? Your team blew its chance to make the playoffs? I mean, you know, you think about it. What gets us the most, you know, impassioned even now? And I mean, is it, is it the Lord's kingdom and God's people and God's cause? Or is it some of those other things? I just thought that was an interesting collection there. So I, and in some ways, I think it's kind of neat to see the old David uh, back in this. And, uh, you know, he, he's certainly bringing the Lord into this. He had vowed by the Lord uh, that, that Solomon would be the king. And uh, he sees the Lord is the one who's involved in all of this. I mean, in, even verse 29, as the Lord lives, who's redeemed my life from all distress, he owes everything to God. <coughs> so this day he's making Solomon king. Nathan's plan worked very well. And uh, so things are going to change right soon. Comments and thoughts? Well, 32 to 37...
1: Then king David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. And they came into the king's presence. The king said to them, Take with you the servants of your lord, and have my son Solomon ride on my own mule, and bring him down to Gihon. Let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there as king over Israel, and blow the trumpet, and say, Long live king Solomon. Then you shall come up after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne, and be king in my place, for I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Beniah the son of Jehoiada, answered the king and said, Amen. Thus may the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king, say, As the Lord has been with my Lord, the king, so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord, King David.
0: So he calls who in?
1: <laughs> Tongue twister.
0: Three guys. Zadok, priest, and Nathan, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah. Benaiah, who's the chief of the bodyguard. And what does he have him do?
3: The same thing that Adonijah had done. <laughs> Pronounce him king and make him ride on the horse and look kingly and set him on the throne and say, Long live the king.
0: What's going to be the difference between Adonijah's <laughs> doing this and Solomon's doing this?
1: It has the king's approval.
0: The How do we know? He's on his mule. He's on the royal mule. <laughs> Obviously, he's got David's backing for that. And the throne and the throne and I'll tell you something else that's interesting Adonijah, all this happened with Adonijah because of who? himself. Adonijah, he said I will be king he plans this thing out himself you know whereas with Solomon there's no indication that it's Solomon's ambitions behind any of this you know it's David and these other men who are doing this with Solomon much better to have this done. So, David's designating Solomon as his successor, he's getting this all done, and wow. Adonijah, I think miscalculated a little bit. You know, David wasn't quite as inactive as he was banking on, and maybe David's finally willing to cross him. (laughs) Comments?
1: What is the proverb, um, let another man praise you and not your own lips? Let another
0: man make you king and not yourself. Amen. Do you remember the parable Jesus tells about that? The
1: wedding?
0: Absolutely. Don't try to grab the best seats for yourself. Because what's going to end up happening if you're not careful? (laughs) And why will you have to go all the way down to the bottom chair? Because everybody else has been doing the same thing you've been doing and it's the only one that's left. (laughs) You know? I mean, it's like, don't you be the guy who's always got your hand raised. Pick me, pick me for all the glorious and powerful positions. You know, if, if you ought to be chosen for some honor or for something that everybody wants or some powerful place, it ought to be other people who do that. I mean, you think about, even in like what we said earlier, if a church is going to appoint elders, it sure shouldn't be that I'm the guy out there, you know, slapping the backs and twisting the arms of everybody around, uh, you know, campaigning. (laughs) Wow! I ought to be the guy who knows my faults the best. I ought to be the last guy who thinks I ought to be in that role. You know, and and, and that's true with so many other things. This self-promotion, this is what I want, I'm gonna set it up and orchestrate it to where I can, you know, dominate. Wow! You know, I would even say, some of you have heard me say this, but you know, something we have to be careful about, I think, even with young people, is this idea of, okay, I'm going to be a preacher. Now, what they mean by that isn't, man, I'm going to dedicate my life to bringing as many people to the Lord as I can and helping as many Christians as I can. You know, however that happens, what they really mean by that is, I'm going to see if I can sell myself to some church who will pay me, and that'll be my job. And uh, I, I've heard Scott Smelser quote an older preacher he heard years ago, saying, you know, I hear all these young guys saying, you know, well, I want to preach. He said, no, that's not what you want. If, if you want to preach, go in a room in the library and go invite some people and preach. What you want isn't to preach, you want a pulpit and a paycheck. Well, it's not wrong to be supported for the work of the Lord. But to campaign and shop around and see if I can get, you know, myself in some role, I think we have to be really careful about that. I might make it exception a little bit if say I decided that I wanted to make the sacrifice of going to some third-world country and preach the gospel, and I'm seeking to have people collaborate with me so I can do that, where it's not glory that's motivating me. It's going to be really hard and really challenging, and, you know, there might be some reason for, and there's sometimes to just, ass- to, to take responsibility for doing a work. You know, if somebody needs to clean the toilets and you want to volunteer for that, it's probably not a problem but if somebody you know if you're wanting to volunteer and promote yourself for something that to you gives you status and glory and position and power that's not the thing to do if you ought to be in that role it needs to be somebody else that tells you that make sense thoughts and comments all
3: right well there are several kings later that uh, make themselves king. Make themselves king. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like this, but at this point or at that point, the the entire nation has, you know, degraded or become. to yeah. that point, that that's kind of par for the the course. At this at this point, God's still favoring them. I guess you would say.
0: No, I think you're exactly right. You got the ambitious ones, but that's not usually a positive thing. You know, I mean, you even had the uh, under uh, you know triple quotes the lady who uh, you know killed off her own grandchildren to become queen. I mean, wow, that's kind of uh, a little uh, extreme. <laughs>
3: you ever you ever noticed the, the the family reunion that the kings. Uh, Christmas is usually pretty small. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime you become king, the first thing they do is get rid of the rest of the family.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's really bad. But you're exactly right. There was a time through there. Well, that's exactly what was happening. You know, because her uh, husband had gotten rid of his brothers. You know.
3: Yeah, I can't never keep track of who's who in that Yeah, I know, it gets a little hairy. But even back, you know, with Gideon's son, first thing he does is kill off his seventy
0: Yeah, absolutely. Brothers. Yeah, all of his rivals. Yeah. Yeah, Abimelech, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, wow. You see what happens when somebody's just decided I will be king. I mean, then you pretty much have to get rid of anybody who's going to stand in your way of that.
3: Anybody that, or that you think you might knows better. Or you know, you're eliminating <laughs>
0: anybody that knows. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> anybody, yeah. anybody who's thing. spiritual. Right. <laughs> I'm going to be king,
3: you. and there's a few people that know that that's not the right thing. So I got to get rid of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: As one of the Roman historians said, it's better to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. (laughs) (laughs) He he killed off a few of those for the same reasons. Even though he was already king, he was just paranoid they were going to take it from him.
1: (laughs) Now, why did David not cross Absalom like this? Like here, he says, no, that's not what's going to happen. Did Absalom have more power? I
3: I think he was spoiled.
0: You know what I think. What I think it's what we said a while back uh, with with, uh, parents and their children. I think he feels guilty and responsible for what's happening. And I think, I think once he messed up like he did, I think he just loses his toughness and his nerve. I mean, what can he say?
1: Are you talking about with Absalom? Yeah,
0: Okay. I am. You know, because, I mean, God said the sword wouldn't depart from his house. Yeah. God said that the, his wives would be violated in broad daylight. You know, I think he sees in Absalom sort of a mirror of his own sins. And he just doesn't feel... Yeah, I think it just really... I think it really messes him up. I, we, when we're filled with guilt, we just make really poor decisions. That's what I think. Now, I, that, there are probably other factors and maybe he may have a natural softness on some of those things, but it seems to me like he probably got worse after that.
1: But here, like, he doesn't seem to have the same emotional problems. He doesn't,
0: although this is maybe because of his attachment to Solomon and Bathsheba that could be part of it, but yeah, I agree with you. Okay. He's more distant from it. I mean, several years you know, later. Right. So, I don't know. Good, good, good observations.
3: Even in this, though, he doesn't directly confront Adonijah. He just says, you know, he's doing something. Well, we'll, let's do this.
0: And later, he'll he'll tell Solomon to do some of his unfinished dirty work instead of confronting it himself, too. So you're right. And he never really dealt with Joab. I mean, all through the story, you know, from earliest times, it's like, Joab needs to, you know, be, you know, de-commanderized or whatever, you know. Well, David on one hand was this
4: warrior, you know, I mean, was just one of the greatest warriors that we'll read about in the Bible. And he's, you know, slain his ten thousands, you know. But yet he's unwilling to to confront
0: those that are closest to him. And so it's just kind of a paradox. It is hard to confront people close to us. Sometimes it's easier to slay the enemy than to confront our friends. Confront our family and whatever. That's not always an easy thing to do. Can you explain
4: verse 36? Mm -hmm. uh, Where it says, Thus may the Lord, the God, my Lord, the King say. What does the Lord say? Let me see if I can
0: read this and figure it out. I don't know. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, answered the King and said, Amen. Thus may the Lord the God of my Lord the King say, "As the Lord has been with my Lord the King, so may He be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord, King David. So I think he's saying that basically, may God bless Solomon like he's blessed you. Yeah,
1: and I think assuming that God is
2: the speaker,
1: going along with what David right. is saying. Right. That you know, it's almost like God is in agreement with having. Solomon. That that's probably
0: one that's better in another translation. Anybody? We don't have any other translations here, do we? Oh, we
1: have all of them.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, how about the?
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, how about the NIV? Okay. That's, I forget we have these uh, modern uh, conveniences. That's right. <laughs> oh, ESV. What is was the? ESB?
1: Amen, may the Lord, the God of my Lord, the King, say so, period. And then, as the Lord has been with my Lord, the King, even so may he be with Solomon. Okay, what you got in the NIV? And the NIV is very similar. Amen, may the Lord, the God of my my Lord, the King, so declare it, period. As the Lord was with my Lord, the King, okay. so may he be with Solomon. That, that so, makes more
0: something. sense. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, the, translations in the Old Testament have to be somewhat interpretive. Hebrew is a little looser you know, there just has to be a little bit more interpretation. So, you know, you've got some variation sometimes and sometimes. so Sometimes, I would say in the Old Testament, I would give a little more thought to the ESV or the NIV. I would not prefer them in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. They are definitely not as strict. But in the Old Testament, nothing's quite as strict because just of the nature of the Hebrew and our knowledge of it also And so, being a good translator and having some interpretive skills makes some difference. So I'd be more in favor of, you know, consulting them in the Old Testament. Rarely, I think, are they going to be a better reading of the New
1: Testament. Is Greek a more strict language? Yes, it is.
0: At at least from our knowledge. For one thing, there's a ton more words in Greek. There's not that many words in the Hebrew Bible. And we understand it better, but I think it also was more strict. Now, I'm not an expert on that. so I'm sure if somebody was they would be horrified by my choice of terms (laughs) I think they'd probably agree with the concept (laughs) (laughs)
1: like
0: we tried to talk about uh, mechanical (laughs) (laughs) stuff.
1: or Disney with mom
0: (laughs) (laughs) that too other comments or thoughts so look at what they do 38. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, the Carathites and the Pelethites went down and had Solomon ride on King's da- King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. Zadok the priest then took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. Then they blew the trumpet and all the people said, long live King Solomon. All the people went up after him and the people were playing on flutes and rejoicing with great joy. So the earth shook at their noise. So, This is public. This is everybody. Not just a few elite at Adonijah's private party. They approve. And, uh, you know, they are celebrating Solomon becoming king. I wouldn't want to be on Adonijah's side at this moment. I believe they made the wrong choice. (laughs) Who knows? I I bet the people would have even preferred Solomon, Adonijah sounds like he'd be a difficult guy to be around very long. (laughs) (laughs) Thoughts and comments?
4: Plus, Solomon seems to have a better attitude since he's called Jedidiah by God, beloved of the Lord. So God likes him, so he must be a good character. (laughs) And, And
0: I think what we see in the beginning of Solomon's reign bears that out. I think there's a lot of things we'll see that are good at Solomon. Alright, let's stop here, Um, and uh, I will not be here next week, I will be here the following week, and then I won't be here for a while, so, no, yes, no, 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 no.